hauling Just look at the load I'm hauling Hard work, I hit it harder Ain't nothing new for a backwoods farmer Sun up to sundown Backing up traffic all the way to town Camo hat and a farmer's tan Welcome to Fast Line Fast Track, presented by Fast Line Media Group, your innovative consumer resource and marketing partner of choice for the evolving agricultural community. Now, here's your host, Brent Adams. Well, welcome to another episode of Fast Line Fast Track. It's great to have you with us. On this episode, May is Mental Health Month, and farmer, podcast host, and mental health advocate Leslie Kelly talks about self-care and about a partnership she's forged with Corteva to provide information about mental health resources. We learn about how a new company, Dakota Bio, is using advancements in biotechnology and beneficial organisms to increase yields. We also hear from USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey about planting conditions for corn, soybeans, and wheat, and what recent unseasonably cold conditions mean. Finally, we hear the music of our pal, traditional country music star Bobby Marquez. He has a couple big live stream shows coming up to benefit St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. You won't want to miss a moment of this one. Let's go. Well, first up this week on Fast Line Fast Track, May is Mental Health Month, and that's an issue we try to keep front and center here on the program because we feel like it's such an important issue in rural America and something a lot of farmers and ranchers are dealing with right now. So I wanted to bring in Leslie Kelly, who's a fifth-generation farmer from Saskatchewan, Canada, and a mental health advocate. She's also been doing great things with the High Heels and Canola Fields website and blog for a number of years and is the co-host of the great What the Farm podcast along with the shark farmer Rob Sharkey. And Leslie, welcome into Fast Line Fast Track. Well, thank you for having me. Excited to chat with you today. Oh, I'm, so, I'm so thrilled that uh, we were able to get you in. I know this issue is one that is really uh, on your heart and one you speak about a lot. And you've got some things going on here where you've partnered with uh, Corteva here uh, recently to try to, to, to get the word out and build some encouragement uh, around uh, uh, folks making sure that uh, they're, they're practicing self-care and that also uh, they see the signs, if they're there, of uh, mental health distress. And so we definitely wanted to have you on to kind of open up this dialogue today. Yeah, thank you. This conversation is really important uh, to keep having. And we know that our farmers, uh, those in the industry, are going through some really hard times. So this conversation about mental health is so important to have. So you are the co-founder of Do More Ag there in Canada, and, and one of the big focuses that you've had here recently is folks asking you some questions uh, via social media about uh, issues that, that they're dealing with, and uh, I want to kind of go through some of these, uh, and uh, I think, you know, this discussion was important uh, two months ago, six months ago, two years ago, but is all the more important today with everything we're, we're facing with COVID-19 here and all the uh, apprehension and, and concerns people have. Um, and one of the questions that, that people fired at you here uh, through all this was, how do you stay optimistic during times such as these? Yeah, that is a really great one because in a, the world right now with the, with the pandemic where you are not able to meet with uh, your friends and your family as much as you have done in the past that your world might be smaller and lots of stress so it is it might be hard for us to look for you know the silver lining and those joyous moments so for me and my family it's taking day by day and looking for the small things that really make a big impact so going for a nightly walk having those conversations that we might not have been having 
you know, before having a meal together. Um, so just slowing down and looking, trying to look at um, the silver lining and everything. Well, and one of the things that uh, uh, you had put together a video on here recently was self-care. Uh, tell, tell our listeners a bit about some of the things that you do to make sure that uh, even through everything that you have going on, being a wife, a mother, a farmer, uh, a social media guru, a podcast host, everything, you have to take time for yourself and, and care for yourself. And that's not a selfish thing. Yeah, I've learned the hard way about self-care because before I used to think self-care was selfish or, you know, you were taking the time away from someone else getting their jobs done and just simply not the case where I didn't have myself on the priority list where not doing or not practicing self-care was really impacting my mental health. So what I've learned about self-care is it really depends on the person. It depends on the time of year. You know, with farming, the seasons change, and that is the same as with mental health. And it also depends on what else is, is happening within your life. But you need to put yourself on the priority list. And it could be something that you do that's five minutes long, or it could be even longer. But it's knowing that you need to put your physical self, your social self, spiritual self, and mental self um, on the forefront. So for me, um, I do like on the physical front, I try to exercise, I run, I take care of my diet, I try to get as much sleep as I can. Sleep depends on everybody or each individual person as well. I try to take it, take care of my social aspects of my life. Um, I have a really good support network, but I also really love my time by myself to collect my thoughts, um, have that peace I take care of my spiritual self, so lots of prayer. Um, I focus on acts of compassion, being in nature, reading a book, even enjoying that stillness and the silence. And the last one on my mental, on uh, the mental health, it's a lot of positive self-talk. It's being aware of the feelings that I'm going through. You know, knowing am I feeling anxious? Am I excited? Am I nervous? Um, and knowing what that is, and then practicing uh, that acceptance of what I'm feeling and practicing gratitude. So it really, really depends. And then also self-care. I've learned that it can be hard and it can be uncomfortable. Self-care could even be calling your banker when, you know, um, if there's financial pressures, letting them know, talking to someone who you might feel you need to apologize for doing something or then even asking for help. So self-care really depends on each and every one of us, but it's doing things that help fill your cup, that ease off, pressure that weight of the world on your shoulders and bring you bring you joy why do you feel like it it seems so much harder for folks on the farm to do that than than maybe in other walks of life oh yeah because uh self-care does it comes with um some negative associations where self-care you you aren't working and there's so much hard work that is involved in farming where then it might feel like you're not contributing where my husband and i we had to you know, really take a look at our self-care practices because he felt the only way he could contribute on the farm was physical work. And now knowing that being off the farm, um, doing things that he enjoys, doing things that we both enjoy, that I enjoy, really overall helps both those around you and the farm because you come, um, you come more rested, you come more energized and that over the long term really helps the farm and the team. One of the interesting questions that someone asked you on uh, the Do More Ag uh, 
uh, Twitter account was, how can the ag industry help? Yeah, we wanted to put that question out there because we want to know, especially on the Dumore front, because we are a registered charity across Canada, we want to know what the industry can do and what people are, are wanting from uh, associations and companies and even the government. And that was a really good question to hear the insights of what people are looking for. And ultimately, people are wanting, they're wanting egg-specific tailored supports that are either local or somewhere that they can easily access. Um, people want funded support and people just want then also more awareness and more conversations about mental health too. So I try to ask this question of everybody we get on here to talk about this topic. Uh, from your standpoint, what are some of the warning signs people should be looking for if they're concerned about the uh, mental well-being of somebody? And also, where are some of the places that they can go for resources? Yeah, those are great questions because we always are curious as to, like, what are those things that I should be looking out for in myself and in others around me if they're going through a mental health challenge or mental health distress? What I've learned is, you know, we all have mental health, but it's different. And how mental health stress and challenges affect us, too, are all different. But what I've learned is, watch for those signs and the symptoms of someone where their behaviors and their thoughts and their feelings are outside of their normal. You know, we all have a normal. And I started to notice signs and symptoms of my husband, Matt, going through anxiety and panic attacks was when he physically was having a panic attack, but also when he was outside of his normal, happy-go-lucky self. He's a very social guy, but he started to withdraw from activities. I could sense some irritability in how he was completing some tasks and then he just had a really hard time on um, fulfilling just day-to-day activities so those were signs outside of his normal for me um, I was very very emotional I had really highs really highs and then really lows and I also didn't want to um, have any social activities I stopped texting friends I stopped calling friends I stopped going out so for me, um, my piece of advice for others is look for signs and symptoms of when when their thoughts and behaviors and feelings are intense, they're long-lasting, and long-lasting could be about two weeks, or when they start to negatively impact their relationships and their day-to-day activities. So some of those things are, you know, uh, when they're sleeping and their eating habits change, they might have impulsive behaviors. They're avoiding social situations. They're withdrawing from activities. They're showing maybe no interest in the things that they used to love and enjoy. They might have overwhelming anger, worthlessness, maybe intense sadness. There could be some extreme worry or anxiety that prevents them from doing something. And then there could be an increased use of drugs and or alcohol. Mm-hmm. So those are just a, a few. It really depends on the, the illness or the challenge that they're going through. But um, those are some of the things that I look for. You mentioned uh, your own personal struggles, and I really appreciate that transparency. For, for you and your husband, what was the tipping point when you said, man, this isn't right. Uh, we, we need to uh, seek some help or, or try to find a different path to address what's going on here? Yeah, uh, both my husband and I have had mental health challenges. I suffered uh, from postpartum depression after our second child was born, and I didn't know what was happening. Um, I felt 
you know, I was extremely exhausted, but I couldn't sleep. And then I had just uh, so many emotions where I found myself just crying uncontrollably upstairs in the bathroom, not knowing what to do. And I felt like I wasn't a good mom and I wasn't doing a good job and just worthless and that I, I was less than. And my husband really came in and helped me through that hard time of getting all that I was feeling out and that it was okay and this is what I was going through. Um, but at the time, I, did, I didn't know that was happening. And for my husband, then shortly after, uh, we had moved back to Saskatchewan where we farm and we were living in a city and he was commuting a couple hours to the farm. So he was away from his family um, we were under some financial stress with the farm because we had lots of moisture, lots of rain, where we had uh, lost lots of acres. He was a son-in-law coming into my family, so he's trying to figure out working relationships and family dynamics with my brother and my dad. Um, extreme loneliness, extreme loneliness, and then just the pressure of you know if if I am of value to this farm, I have to be working constantly. So he was working around the clock, not sleeping, and it just started to take a toll. And he started to have panic attacks, and that was on the physical front when we started to go, oh my goodness, um, something is going on, and we need to do things differently. But even before that, my my family was sensing that something was happening and tried to get Matt um, to open up. But uh, until those panic attacks started, that was when he raised his hand and said, yeah, I, I really need help. So if anybody here is listening to this and, and knowing they need to get help, where, where are some of the places that they should check into to try to at least get some cursory help or uh, maybe even be able to go a little deeper? Yeah, so for, for me and my family, the first thing that we did for... Um, for help is we sat down as a family and we talked about all the things that were going on, the things that we were feeling, our hardships, because that was the, you have to build a really good support uh, network around you who, because it is a journey and, and you need those people to help you through that journey. And it really impacts the whole family too. And then once we then um, had to have those conversations at the family level. We then went to professional help, and not everyone needs professional help, but uh, we looked for resources within our community, you know, our, um, our church, our um, local psychologists, um, family counselors, but for other people, what uh, they can also look for is they can come to the Do More Egg site. It is Canadian-specific, but we do have lots of content and information on there. They can visit their extension program. I know um, states such as New York, North Dakota, and Michigan have really great mental health extension programs. Uh, they can look to their Farm Bureau. They have a rural resilience program. And there's also really good apps out there. My family and I use the Better Health app. And then for my husband and I, we've just tried to learn everything about mental health. And we've done actual training. So we take in the, the mental health first aid. And to us, I wish we would have taken it years ago. It really, it's almost just as essential and as important as a physical first aid. It goes over what mental health is, what mental illness is, those signs and the symptoms and how to help yourself and those around you when it comes to mental health challenges and, and crisis and distress. There's also other training programs called Safe Talk and Assist. That's the applied suicide um, intervention uh, suicide training. 
And then with Do More, we're also launching a four-hour um, workshop that's specifically geared towards those in agriculture. So tell me a bit about this partnership with Corteva, because you've been doing some really great, really meaningful stuff on social media uh, to get the word out there about Mental Health Month and sharing some really vital content. Yeah, I'm really fortunate that, um, you know, for us, to champion mental health, reduce that stigma, break that silence, it really takes an industry. It takes farmers, associations, farm bureaus, um, and companies to really help to help all of us. And uh, I'm partnered with Corteva during Mental Health Awareness Month, the month of May, to create conversation and provide you know tips and tools of the things that I've learned in the last few years through my through my journey to help other farmers and help create conversation and know that people aren't alone and what you're feeling is valid and it's okay not to be okay. And this is what self-care might look like for me, but it might be something else to someone else. And that, and that's great. And that we're all in this together and that we're here for each other and that it does, it does and it can get better. I tell you what, this has been real inspirational to hear you tell your story and and see how you have been able to overcome some of these challenges. If folks want to be able to follow you and some of the things that you're involved in, uh, where can they go to to check you out? Yeah, you can find me on uh, social media at High Heels and Canola Fields or for more mental health support. uh, You can also find more resources at domore.ag. So make sure you go check her out. And then, Leslie, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us here on Fast Line Fast Track to be able to talk about this very important issue. Yeah, thank you for having me. Well, my next guest this week on Fast Line Fast Track comes to us from Dakota Bio, a biological company based in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota. Uh, They were founded just last year, 2019, and they use advancements in biotechnology and beneficial microorganisms to develop products that increased yields, crop nutritional value, and farm income. And Steve Vistad is the Vice President of Sales. And Steve, welcome into Fast Line Fast Track. Hi, thank you, Brent. I really appreciate being here. You guys uh, are a brand new company, uh, but the folks involved in the company are definitely not new to this concept of biotechnology and using these microorganisms. That is correct. We, Our employees do have a very long history in, in biological products and biological organisms and fermentation, but also Uh, Our employees have a farm background. We all come from uh, family farms, so we really understand the challenges and goals and the objectives of of farmers today. And that's why these products are so important to us, because it's all about helping those farmers uh, grow better crops and increasing farm income. And so when we we talk about this concept, uh, we're talking about uh, bioremediation, biodefense, biohealth, and bionutrition. And all of these microorganisms play a special role in how a crop grows, the soil health, and so forth. Uh, If we could, let's let's start with bioremediation and, and tell me a bit about it. Sure. Uh, bioremediation is a really strong focus of our product development. We're doing a lot of research on that front. And, and some of these biotechnologies and, and some of these bioorganisms that, that we have in our research facility, um, 
focus on the bioremediation. And some of them are not even ag-related. They would be more industrial use. But bioremediation is, is a biological that stops or reverses environmental damage. So for example, we, we have some uh, chemical tolerance, uh, chemical residue reduction research going on and, and things of that nature. So that's really a future uh, product lineup of ours and, and a strong focus of our research. So I'm sure anybody who's listening to this is thinking, well, we've got uh, many, many microorganisms within our soil right now. How does the research that you're doing and the products you're developing help farmers increase yield and improve soil health? Oh, great question, Brent. Um, it, yes, our, our soils are, are uh really loaded up with biologicals. There's just many, many biologicals in the soil. But the focus of a biological company like Dakota Bio is to find those biological organisms that really, truly benefit the farmer's crop, whether it be a, a soybean or corn or wheat or rice or what have you, any crop. It's putting that right product at the right place at the right time to address specific conditions. So these, these product carrot categories that we're focused on, uh, you know, our, our future in our research is really looking at bioremediation, um, but also we have some biodefense products coming in the near future. And a biodefense is a, is a biological that helps your crop manage stress or disease or or certain you know specific challenges that your crop may encounter um, and, and then the biohealth is, is biologicals that really focus on improving that soil health or crop health and then a, a bionutrition product um, that is biologicals that enhance enhance the nutritional availability and nutritional supply to your crop. So for example, um, there, there we have some nitrogen fixing organisms for legumes. We have nitrogen fixing organisms and products for non-legumes. Um, you have your legume inoculants and, and so forth. Those are good examples of, of bionutrition and then biohealth it is really products and, and organisms that help that crop increase plant vigor, manage stress, increase nutrient efficiency, and so forth. So, so right now, our, our products really fall into the bionutrition and biohealth. We have some biodefense products uh, coming very soon in the near future, and, and then bioremediation is is a uh, long-term, a longer-term focus of our product portfolio that we're really excited about. So if you could, pull back the curtain on the whole research process. Yes, we do greenhouse research, uh, lab research, and then field research. Mm -hmm. So field research would be, you know, working with universities or, or these independent research firms that, that put test plots uh, across the whole U.S., or, or even farmers doing strip trials and, and so forth. Um, but the greenhouse is, is, and the lab is the early stages of, 
of the research and product development. And uh, something else neat you've got going on here, the sterile liquid biological fermentation process. Uh, walk me through that if you don't mind. Well, that's that. Let's keep in mind, I am not a microbiologist. I'm a sales and business guy. So, uh, you know, some of these uh, the microbiologists, these gentlemen that work for us, they they would uh, they, they don't want me to get too in depth with that. Fair enough. But it, it's called fermentation. So, biological fermentation is the process of putting a very small amount of that organism into a stainless steel sterile fermentation tank and then feeding it the proper food and all the proper ingredients go into it so you've got the right temperature the right ph uh, to really grow up that one specific organism so i kind of think of it like a feedlot you're, you're feeding the, the the cattle all of the proper nutrients and feed and and really getting them to grow and be healthy and to have a finished product. So that's similar to fermentation. And if you've ever been in a, like a micro brew beer uh, restaurant or brew house, and you see those big stainless steel tanks where they, where they make the beer, it's similar to that in looks. But our technology is, far surpasses that. We, we have uh, all human pharmaceutical grade ferment, uh, fermentation. We have pharmaceutical grade ultra high purity water. It, it, so it's just really, really precise and, and highly scientific because you don't want any contamination and things of that nature. You want that one organism so you know what it does and you have a pure product. That, that just increases the effectiveness and, and the results for the farmer. Well, I tell you what, farmers are always looking for an edge, way to do things better or to overcome a challenge. And uh, the work that's being done here with Dakota Bio definitely uh, gives that edge. If folks are interested in what they're hearing here, where can they learn more about the work that you guys are doing? Well, a few different ways to reach us. You can always check us out on our website www.dakotabio.com. You can email us at info at dakotabio.com or you can give us a call at 833-DAKOTA-B. Well, I'll tell you what, these guys are, are doing big things there in, in uh, Brooklyn Center, Minnesota. And Steve Vistad, uh, we appreciate you taking the time to join us here on Fast Line Fast Track. Oh, thank you so much and, and uh, wish everybody a safe and productive spring planting across the across the whole U.S. Well, this week, USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey provided an update on planting progress for various crops around the country and also talked about what last week's unseasonably cold weather, which included a hard frost for some, might mean to crops in those areas. He starts out talking about the corn crop. Nationally, 67% of the crop planted, despite some slowing in recent days of the overall progress. That 67% compares to the five-year average of 56%, but is well over twice last year's pace when just 28% of the crop was planted on that date. Rippy said that corn emergence is a bigger story in line of the cold snap. Well, nationally, the number is 24%, slightly ahead of the five-year average of 22%, and well ahead of last year's 9%. He said the health of those crops in the states most impacted by the freeze, including Minnesota, Illinois, and Indiana, will bear watching. All those states largely hit by statewide freezes on May 9th 
and 10th. And there certainly will be an effort to watch that crop to see how much damage was done by temperatures that locally dropped well into the 20s. The next progress report Rippy provided was on soybeans. Nationally, 38% of the intended acreage planted by May 10th, well ahead of the five-year average of 23% and last year's 8%. More than 20% of the intended soybean crop was planted in Iowa, Michigan, Minnesota, Nebraska, and Wisconsin. However, looking at the emergence numbers, obviously a lot fewer soybeans have emerged than corn. The national number just 7% emerged by May 10th. That is ahead of the five-year average of 4% and well ahead of the 1% number that was coming in this time last year. And emergence was an issue in those areas that were hardest hit last week by the hard freeze. There is concern for soybeans, which tend to be less hardy with respect to freezes than corn early in the season. Some significant concern that some of that soybean crop could be lost, may need to be replanted. Unlike corn and beans, Rippy said cold weather has had an impact on the planting of the wheat crop. As we look at the spring wheat condition for the week ending May 10th, we continue to see slow planting and slow emergence in most areas due to the cold weather and in the eastern production areas, lingering wetness. Spring wheat planting by May 10th, 42% of the crop in the ground, well behind the five-year average of 63%, just slightly ahead of last year's 38%. Planting is wrapping up in the Northwest. In fact, 96% complete in Washington State. But as you move to the Far East, significant planting delays in North Dakota, Just over a quarter of the crop, 27% in the ground by May 10th, well behind the five-year average of 56%, and even a little bit slower than last year's progress, 30% complete North Dakota on May 10th, 2019. Only 16% of the spring wheat emerged by May 10th, behind the five-year average of 29%, but ahead of last year's 8%. But I will mention that in North Dakota, only 4% of the spring wheat had emerged by May 10th well behind the five-year average of 19%. Much like spring wheat, the cold weather has also had an impact on the sugar beet crop. Cold weather has been a hindrance not just for planting, but as well as emergence and development of the crops. Sugar beet planting remains considerably behind schedule, 60% complete on May 10th. Five-year average is 82%, but we're still ahead of last year's number, which was 54% planted on May 10th. Looking at the key production areas in the Red River Valley, North Dakota, only 35% of the acreage planted compared to the five-year average of 82%. And North Dakota has actually fallen behind last year's progress, just over half or 51% of the crop planted on May 10th. 2019 in North Dakota. Rippy then moved down south to look at the situation for the week of May 10th, beginning with the nation's cotton crop. Almost one-third, or 32%, of the U.S. acreage planted by May 10th. That's ahead of the five-year average of 27%, also ahead of last year's 24%. Probably the biggest story is that uh, the major production state, the number one production state, Texas, had a big week for planting. It was a dry week. That allowed planting to progress from 21 to 37% complete. That is almost twice the five-year average of 20%. And in fact, is more than twice the pace last year when just 18% of the crop had been planted. At this point, Arizona still leads the nation 85% 
of the intended cotton acreage planted by May 10th. Rippy then moved on to look at peanuts. Peanut planting started to slip a little bit behind schedule in many of the major production states during the week ending May 10th, advancing to 27% complete, but that is behind the five-year average of 32%, also behind last year's 35%. Florida continues to lead in overall planting progress at 40%, but that now is slightly behind the five-year average of 42%. Georgia, another major production state in the Southeast, seeing uh, delayed progress, 28% planted versus 36% on average. And on the Southern Plains, Oklahoma, far behind. They did start planting this week, but only 6% complete compared to the five-year average of 37%. And finally, Rippy took a look at the nation's rice crop. Rice planting continues to make some progress after a slow start in the Delta Nationally, 70% of the rice planted by May 10th, slightly behind the five-year average of 75%, but ahead of last year's 53%. Rice planting nearly complete in the western Gulf Coast region, Texas now 95% complete. But in the Delta, Arkansas, the number one U.S. production state for rice, just about two-thirds, 67% planted on May 10th, and that is behind the five-year average of 82%. Rice emergence advanced to 43% during the week ending May 10th, well behind the five-year average of 57%, but slightly ahead of last year's 40%. Once again, Arkansas, the uh, number one production state, lags on emergence, 42% emerged versus the five-year average of 63%. Rippy also offered an assessment as to what the recent cold snap will mean for the growing season overall. Monitoring is still underway. Producers have to go out, check the orchards. A lot of times you have different elevations from the valleys to the ridge tops, and you can see greatly varying impacts depending on elevation. So this is going to be something that we'll have to deal with for a few more weeks until we get a little bit deeper into the season to determine just how much impact we see on crops like apples, peaches, blueberries, and cherries, just to name a few. For the most part, the corn crop can withstand a light to moderate freeze, and despite the appearance of the crop in the post-freeze days, can often bounce back if the crop has not been killed back to the growing point. Soybeans, a little bit different story. We do have emergence 10% or less in the Midwest, but even that small amount is highly vulnerable to freezes at this point in the season. Well, we'll keep an eye on the situation over the next few weeks and provide updates along the way. And back on Fast Line Fast Track, and now we want to welcome back to the show our pal Bobby Marquez, the pride of Freer, Texas. Bobby, welcome in to Fast Line Fast Track. Hey, thanks, Brent. Thanks for having me. I appreciate that. We had Bobby on episode five of the show going back to February 2019 and wanted to have him back here because he's got a couple of really cool things going on. You know, he's got a birthday coming up here and he's going to be doing a birthday bash benefit on May 21st. And also, he's working with Country with a Heart uh, to, to put on a benefit June 6th. And both of these are going to benefit St. Jude Children's Research Hospital in, in Memphis, Tennessee. And first of all, Bobby, uh, early happy birthday to you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I tell you, it's crazy times, isn't it? Yeah, I tell you what, as somebody who, who has already uh, celebrated a birthday in quarantine here a few weeks ago, man, I feel your pain. <laughs> well, I never thought of something <laughs> in my wildest all those dreams, I never thought that I'd be sitting at home, you know, uh, you know, not being out in the road and and uh, and doing some stuff for what we love, you know. But but uh, been 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 here at home, just spending time with family and 
and uh, trying to get you know a lot of chores around the house, <laughs> just, you know, mowing the yard and and all kinds of stuff. You know. Tell me about this. You're you're not on the road, but you're going to make the most of it with this birthday bash. Tell me a bit about what you got going on there. Yeah. So so mo- most of my shows, uh, uh, you know, of course, some of them are, are, are canceled for the rest of the year, uh, and you know some other ones were actually rescheduling and then i've got a few more down in september and november december that are still on the book so hopefully you know whenever we get past all this hopefully we'll, we'll be back out there performing but i've got uh, uh, a show coming up on may the 21st uh it's going to be uh, uh my birthday uh may 21st uh, we're going to have a birthday bash and we're actually going to i'm actually going to going to have it on facebook uh it's not going to be facebook live it'll be It'll be uh, a bunch of stuff that's taped uh, with a bunch of the stars uh, doing some performances and trying to raise money for St. Jude. Uh, and because uh, St. Jude right now, you know, they're, they're really hurting right now for the kids. And, and uh, it's, it's just a, it's a really sad time for everybody right now. And, and it just breaks my heart. So I'm going to try to do whatever I can to try to raise as much money as I can for the kids. And uh, that's a lot of things, you know, that we don't think about. There's, you know, we're, we, we're right now in a time we're thinking about ourselves, you know, and, and that, that there's a lot of other people out there struggling right now and, and the kids are one of them. And, uh, so I'm going to do whatever I can to help. And of course, June the 6th, uh, we're still going to go forward with, uh, with country with heart, uh, for St. Jude. Uh, but we're actually going to do a little bit something different this year. It's going to be a little bit more special. Uh, we're going to make it the a special edition of the midnight jamboree. So it's going to air on WSM. Uh, we're going to have a, a Facebook, uh, live, uh, page on my Facebook page. Uh, but again, it's, uh, some of it's going to be recorded stuff and then some of it will be shot live, uh, that we're going to have. So we're going to have a bunch of stars. Uh, we're still trying to add a bunch of stars right now. Like right now we've got, uh, a few stars lined up. Uh, I'm not going to name any names yet until, until I get more people confirmed. But, uh, but on my birthday, I know we got Sylvia, we got David Ball, uh, we've got Barbara Fairchild. We've got a bunch of folks going to do my birthday bash. So it's going to be some fun times, you know. It's just a different way that, that that we're trying to put everything together, so it's a little bit different for everybody. And but uh, it's it's like it's like a slogan that's out there: "We'll get through this. We will get through this." So I'm sure there's some people who who are listening to this and wondering: uh, This will be uh, June 6. By by then, w- will this be uh, with an audience or without an audience, or is that still to be decided? You know. <laughs> It, it's probably, you know, to be decided, but at, at this point, I probably have to say probably no. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me on this show, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to put any people at harm right now mm-hmm. until we can actually, you know, hopefully find a, a vaccine out there where everybody could be protected. So we're just going to go go forward with this, you know, putting it on Facebook. And uh, and it's going to be a fun thing, man. I'm, I'm excited about it because uh, this is going to be the sixth, sixth annual show. And uh, a lot of people were wondering if we were going to have it this year, if it's going to be canceled. And I'm like, why would, why would we cancel it? No, we're not going to cancel the show. We're going to we're going to keep things going. And uh, at least it'll have something, you know, for people to look at on Facebook too, as well. And uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. We're, we're going to have a lot of fun. Well, I think that's so awesome that you're sticking with it because I know a lot of the benefits that had been planned for St. Jude have been canceled. And it's really a double whammy for that organization because a lot of the kids who are in that hospital down there in Memphis, Tennessee, are susceptible to coronavirus and having to be distanced from their families right now. So it's just a tough time all around for St. Jude. Man, I'm telling you, man, it's really a tough time. It breaks my heart. When you start to think about it, it's like, 
you know, you got all these kids that, that, that need their mom and their dad and they can't be there. Mm. They can't be in there and stuff. And man, it's just, it breaks my heart, man. It really does. It really breaks my heart. So I'm going to do whatever I can, you know, to try and raise money. And I hope, I hope the folks out there too, you know, I know, I know everybody's struggling for money right now and everything with the hard times, but gosh, even if you have a dollar, you know, everything goes for a great cause. So anything you can donate on those days, I mean, it's going to be very, very appreciated by St. Jude. I can guarantee you that. When the folks want to know more about it, uh, they can go to your Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash Bobby Marquez Music, correct? That's it. That's it. Make sure you get there and check that out. Also, make sure you go to bobbymarquez.com and uh, check out uh, the latest. He does a good job of, of keeping that updated and and letting folks know what's in the know. And I tell you what, even even though uh, you've been kind of sitting at home, uh, uh, cooling your heels like everybody else right now, uh, you're still getting a little FaceTime recently on the Penny Gilly show on RFD TV. Yeah, that was kind of fun. That was a, that was a shot from the past a couple years ago. And, and uh, they had told me they were going to re-air it. And, and uh, I was like, man, that's kind of cool. You know, <laughs> kind of gave, gave my fans too a little bit of a, of a uh, you know thing to watch on TV and stuff like that you know because I, I haven't been posting a lot of Facebook stuff here recently mm-hmm. uh, you know I know a lot of other fan uh, a lot of other artists have been doing it and stuff but I, I haven't been doing much uh, I've been ca- kind of concentrating on more things uh, on on with more with family and some other things you know uh, these past couple months but you know I, I man I, I I'm even going out I've got neighbors over here. <laughs> In my neighborhood, I'm going over there and mowing their yards, you know, because there's some older ladies in the neighborhood that can't do stuff like that. I'm passing out uh, masks and, and gloves, and I'm trying to do my part, you know, in, my, in the community to trying to do some different things on the side and, and uh, do whatever I can to try to keep everybody healthy, passing out sanitizer, disinfectant, and trying to do my part, Brent, you know? Yeah, well... We're living in some, some weird times, and and uh, we just have to stay positive and... and uh, put God first in our lives and and uh, I think we'll get we'll, we'll get through this it, it, it might be a, a little while before we get through this but I, I believe we'll, we'll get through it most definitely and you you guys had the double whammy right there because not only were you dealing with the coronavirus but it, uh, the tornado that hit the Nashville area that, that was nationally publicized uh, was really literally right around the corner from your house it was it, like I said it was a very scary time you know we had the, we had the tornado that just come right around close to our house and almost got us and kind of just wiped out everything in Hermitage and Mount Juliet. And, uh, that was some scary times. And, and then of course I lost my mom, uh, that, that same week. And, uh, and then of course, then the virus hit, I mean, it's been, uh, it's been tough, you know, it's been tough, but you know, I've been trying to stay positive on everything because there's a reason for everything I know. And, and, uh, just trying to stay positive and, and trying to, you know, keep everybody else positive on a, on a positive note and uh like i said we'll, we'll get through it it's just it's some hard times right now but we're, we're gonna we're gonna get through this thing well and that's what i love about you and about your music it it is positive and uh it's fun and i i tell you what I, i've been thinking a lot about this you know a lot of creative types have had to pull back and maybe have spent a lot of time on the road and are now having to uh spend time at home and you know, a lot of times during during these situations where people are hold up at home, you know, you hear about the baby boom that'll come nine months later. But uh, I, I think you're going <laughs> to yeah. see the same out of music here as well, man. All all these people with all this time on their hands, 
I'm expecting to see a whole lot of interesting and, and creative projects coming out of this quarantine. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, and I believe that I believe that, you know, once once this whole quarantine, uh, quarantine thing is lifted, you're going to see a lot of people going to bars. And I think our economy is just going to go straight up because people are going to go out straight buying everything, going to restaurants. I'm not going to keep us from from doing anything. We're not, you know, the it, it's like it's like we're talking about fear, you know. There's no fear in us. I mean, we're going to go out there. We're going to keep enjoying life, and and uh, we're going to buy things and go out there. So I, I really believe that our economy is going to go straight up again. I mean, shoot, man, I, you know, I, I, like I said, I've been staying home and, and trying to do some stuff around here, and and I, I've got a brand new garden outside <laughs> that I planted for the first time, man. You know, and I'm actually starting to see it grow now. But now my okra didn't grow too good. You know, it's still kind of dead, but I've got. I got a cucumbers and jalapenos and all kinds of stuff. And uh, I tell you what, man, man, if you have any farmer friends over there and knows how to how to plant some okra, man, let me know. I need some tips. On that. <laughs> I'm sure we could hook you up with that. <laughs> but now, we're, but we're, you know, like I said, we're, we're going to get through this, and and um, I believe our economy is just going to go sky high once this is over, man. I really believe that. Well, I'm telling you, if you uh, need any studio time, you probably better book it now because I got a feeling there's going to be a big run <laughs> on it <laughs> come uh, summertime here. Everybody's going to have a lot on their minds. They're going to need to get off their chest. Man, and all the new songs, man. I mean, you know, since we've been sitting at home writing all these songs, yeah. man, we're going to have a bunch of albums yeah. coming out by everybody. So it's going to be some fun times in music. Yeah, I, I love it. it. You know, I think this... If we do get back to any semblance of normalcy uh, already with all this stuff that's being rescheduled to the latter part of the year, uh, everything from about September on is going to be crazy. Yeah, 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 it is. It really is. So have you had a chance to, uh, I know you're well connected in the business, uh, you and your, your wife, and uh, have you got a chance to talk to, to many artists and, and kind of get a feel for for what they're going through through all this? Yeah, you know, I've talked to a few artists and, uh, you know, you, you have you have a lot of artists that that uh, this is all they do. You know mm-hmm. they don't do anything else. That you know they don't have a side job. They don't they don't do anything. This is music is what they do for for a for a living. And those are the ones that are really really you know struggling hard right now. That uh, that you know that 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 make a living. And uh, you know I feel for a lot of those guys. And and uh, you know I, I just try to try to stay positive and try to give them some positive information. And uh, just keep going, you know. That's all we can do is just keep going. And but, but you know, a lot of people are doing Facebook Live right now too, you know, and stuff. So you know, you keep the name out there. I'm, I'm telling you, people, people love music so much, and it's that great healer. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm telling you, once once this quarantine is lifted, people are going to go out. They're going to be buying albums. They're going to be buying clothes. They're going to be going to restaurants. I mean, our economy is going to boom. I can guarantee you that. And I can't wait to can't wait to see that happen. I know we're we're, we're certainly ready for it. Uh, what what's on the horizon for you? Any any new projects that you're working on? You know, I I, I you know uh, spending my time here at home doing some you know chores and making having a garden and doing some other things, writing some more songs. But yeah, I've been I've been writing songs and uh, so I'm I'm trying to put all that together and uh, you'll see a new album hopefully hopefully sometime you know uh, I'll probably say next year you'll probably see a new album from me close to the end of the year and uh that, that that's going to be a thing another thing i'm excited about and slowly trying to put that together with the right song and, and uh yeah so i'm excited about that and this my this last album the cowboy away man it's done so great you know these past couple of years man it, it was something that 
that I've been very blessed to have, and it's opened up a lot of doors. And, uh, you know, people like you, man, you know, playing the songs and, and uh, you know, all these radio stations, you know, hanging in there with us and, and giving us the time of day to play our songs, man, it's, I couldn't be more blessed, I'm telling you. Well, it's a, a wonderful, heartfelt album. And if folks haven't checked it out, make, make sure you go uh, f- find it wherever you stream music. Go check out The Cowboy Way. Uh, Bobby Marquez won some great awards for that with the uh, Academy of Western Artists Pure Country Male Vocalist of the Year. Also the recipient of the CMA of Texas Cowboy and Western Artist Award. And uh, also uh, not nominated for a Grammy for a duet with Rhonda Vincent to this uh, uh, the song For a While, yeah. which is also a duet of the year in 2018 by the CMA of Texas. So, man, good stuff. It's been fun. It's been fun, Brent. I'm telling you, it's 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 uh, some of my dreams are coming true that I never thought would happen. And, and uh, I've been really, really blessed. And like I said, I've I, I just try to try to put my 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 heart into the music and. And I really believe that when you put your heart into the music, you know, good things happen. You know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, God has really been good to me and Jennifer and, and has blessed us. And, you know, I just I couldn't be more thankful for everything that we've done so far. It's, it's been really, really nice and really, really good. And I'm going to continue to keep trying to put out good music. And, and uh, I'm going to continue to keep trying to raise money for St. Jude and, and just keep doing what I'm doing. And, and, and hopefully, you know, 20, 30 years from now, we'll, we'll all the all this stuff will be, you know, all the all the music will still be standing, and we'll be raising a lot of money for St. Jude. Yeah, hopefully we'll be out of quarantine by then. Exactly, that's exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> if we're still in quarantine 30 years from now, that's not good. <laughs> well, I can tell you there there's not two nicer people in this music business than uh, Bobby Marquez and, and Jennifer Hare, and man, I thank the world of you guys and. Uh, uh, you know, I, I know that, that uh, you're doing some great work there, and I know God's going to bless that, uh, uh, those efforts for St. Jude. I really hope everybody will uh, check out the Birthday Bash on May 21st, also Country with a Heart Benefit, uh, June 6th. Go to facebook.com slash Bobby Marquez Music, and uh, go follow him. Go like that page right now as you're listening to this. And then check back May 21st and June 6th. And Bobby, thank you so much for taking the time to join us here. And you're welcome back anytime. Brent, I appreciate it so much. You know, uh, like I said, you know, we we uh, we really, really, really respect you and, and what you're doing for country music and and for the farmers and, and everything that you do. And, and, uh, and we just appreciate everything you're doing. And, you know, we're, we're uh, we'll get through this time. We'll get through it. And, once it's all over, you know, we will be able to see each other in person and maybe maybe drink a beer. How about that? Yes, I, I am down for that, and I will buy the first round. <laughs> I can't wait for go. that, man. Again, that's Bobby Marquez, and we're going to let you listen to some of his music now so you can uh, uh, get, get in a good mood here and uh, uh, forget about your quarantine troubles and uh, hear the music of Bobby Marquez. You were here for a while Sharing your kiss and your smile 
You could come my heart With just one touch That's one reason I love you so much If I knew then What I know now My pride would not keep me From the love we found For a while You were here for a while It felt so real But there's no one on earth Who could love me And there's no one who could adore me Like you did For a while You were here For a while Feeling your arms around me In your eyes made me love you even more It almost felt like we had opened heaven's door Now I regret we let each other go There's no one who could save my so real but there's no one on earth who could love me and there's no one who could adore me like you did for a while we had everything you But we took it all for granted If we could only get it back For a while You were here for a while It felt so real But there's no one on earth Who could love me And there's no one who could adore me like you did for a while for a while for a while that was for a while a duet with the queen of bluegrass Rhonda Vincent from Bobby's album the Cowboy Way. Next up from that album, the song What's the Deal? And we'll stick with the Cowboy Way album to close out the show with That's What Loving You Means.
who's the joker the cards are stacked against her the two of a kind bound to fold no hand to hold i shuffled through the clubs and thought i aced this game drew me a queen of hearts and dealt her my last name she bet on a bluff through in a full house that wild card made us go bust what's the deal i'm the joker the chips are down and i lost her but they're two of a kind bound to fold no hand to hold oh take it away boys for diamonds so let's call a spade a spade and you king better get it straight cause he's the next to be played what's the deal we're the jokers nothing up our sleeve to hold her but we're two of a kind bound to fold no hand to hold Kind bound to fold, no hand to hold. Yeah, we're two of a kind bound to fold, no hand to here you are I've been blessed and I believe that's what loving you means raindrops on desert sand a ship that's lost finding land precious as the air I breathe that's what loving you means that's what loving you means more than Loving you means words can't even describe What goes on between your heart and mine Everything love was meant to be That's what loving you means through fire with you knowing you'll be there for me that's what loving you means life can be so unsure 
But what we've got can endure Forever unconditionally That's what loving you means That's what loving you means More than I hope for, more than I dream More than anything in the world to me That's what loving you means Words can't even describe What goes on between your heart and mine Everything love was meant to be that's what loving you means Words can't even describe What goes on between your heart and mine Everything love was meant to be That's what loving you means That's what loving you means That's what loving you Those were the sounds of our pal Bobby Marquez. Be sure to check him out at bobbymarquez.com and follow him on Facebook so you can be a part of his live stream events on May 21st and June 6th to benefit St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. And as always, we want to thank our friends at the Ernest Tubb Record Shop, 417 Broadway, in the heart of downtown Nashville, Tennessee, for making that performance possible. We hope when the shop reopens, you go and support them. They've got a great selection of traditional country music on CD and vinyl and a huge selection of really cool merchandise. You can check them out at etrecordshop.com. And while you're searching the internet in your downtime, head on over to fastline.com. Check out the equipment locator with the price comparison tool featuring the Iron Average powered by Iron Solutions. And while you're on the website, don't forget to sign up to receive the print catalog for your state or region. Even through this pandemic, the Fastline catalog is still being delivered to your mailbox. And if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the Fastline Fast Track Podcasts at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or iHeartRadio. Also, be sure to follow Fastline Fast Track on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube, and add our Spotify playlist to your library for music from past, current, and upcoming guests of the show. Well, next week, we'll continue to keep you up to date on the latest information on how COVID-19 is affecting the agriculture industry, and we'll have our special Memorial Day program, saluting the sacrifices of those who gave their lives defending our freedom. Until then, it's Brent Adams saying y'all come back. And bring along a friend. You've been listening to Fast Line Fast Track, presented by Fast Line Media Group. To learn more about Fast Line's customer focused marketing solutions, visit FastLineMediaGroup.com and check out our brand websites FastLine.com, BigAg.com, and PinkTractor.com. If you have topic suggestions for future podcasts, drop us a line at Brent.Adams at FastLine.com.